When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey with Anthony Broom, Chris Ballas, live from Mr. Spots. Uh, pub in, uh, it's an NIL deal, I think, for him. So uh, It is not, talk about but that. it should be, man. I got to tell you. And, and I, you know what? I do everything free for these guys because I've eaten here forever, and it's the best freaking restaurant in town. And uh, I've been here for, what, 35 years or something like that. It's insane. I used to come here when I was in school. That's how long these guys have been here. So best cheesecake, best cheesecake, best wings. And my kid works here now. So uh, the owners are great people. So uh, check it out when you're in town, man, because uh, it's the best place to be. No doubt. Some of the best wings I've ever had. Tom Brady loves it. You know, when he comes back into town, he gets it for his linemen. I don't think it's part of the TB12 method yet. But, yeah, you got the Brady pictures all over the walls. So right here that I wrote about when Tom Brady got wings here for his offensive linemen, man, when he came to town for uh, Thanksgiving. And and Keith, one of the owners here, was uh, brought him up to his room. And, of course, Keith almost lost his wife to Tom Brady that day because uh, (laughs) he put his arm around her, and that was about it, man. But – but I mean, who does that, man? What a what an unbelievable uh, promotion for that business to, to sit there on and on national TV. In fact, they talked about it on national TV as well. Yep. Uh, just fantastic. So anyway, I can't say enough about these guys. Yep, go check them out. Unofficial sponsor. That's um, right. So let's talk some Michigan fall camp. We're going to talk a little bit of basketball at the end as well because we got Jawan Howard for the first time this yeah. summer, really first time since last season. Uh, in a little sit-down session that you guys were at. And then, uh, you know, we had a bunch of football stuff, including Jim Harbaugh talking on the In the Trenches podcast with John Jansen. I guess let's start there with his comments on the quarterbacks because uh, they're about, a, you know, over a week in now, eight days. And Harbaugh, the way he described the quarterback battle between Kate McNamara and J.J. McCarthy was kind of neck and neck. One of them makes a play. One of them, you know, plays a little bit better than the other one surpasses him. And then there's surpass- kind of our cartoonish view of what's going on at practice i thought um but the fact that they're about even they're splitting reps equally what'd you guys make out of that nobody wants to believe it guys that's the funniest part to me it's like oh no jj's the best that's what my girlfriend's hairdresser said to her boyfriend and everything else and which is a bunch of crap you know and we talk to people like wait a minute you know you talk to people who are actually there every day and they say they're both playing very well they're both going to have an opportunity the reps are split 50 50 and it's going to be about who puts the ball in the end zone. And that's exactly what Cade McNamara did last year. I don't understand this mentality that because you like a guy better, that you have to disparage the guy that won your first Big Ten title since 2004. It's stupid. And it may well be that J.J. McCarthy's better. And if he is, that means great things for the program. And it, it's like everybody's saying, hey, well, you, you must be a Cade guy. you know." And I'm like, Nobody's a Cade guy. We are the, in favor of the guy who's going to win games because it's good for business. And I don't care if it's Cade McNamara or J.J. McCarthy. They're both great kids and great leaders. Uh, that's basically what it comes down to is who's going to win games. And Cade McNamara did that at a high level last year. J.J. McCarthy helped him. So if J.J. McCarthy's the best guy for the job, he's going to be the guy that takes the snaps. But I would bet on Cade McNamara taking the snaps in the opener. I think it's going to be an ongoing competition. But I take Jim Harbaugh at his word because 
when he says somebody leads going into, you know, at the end of spring or going into fall camp, he means it. He's not lying. So uh, there's no reason to not take him at face value on this. And that's exactly what we've heard behind the scenes as well. Is that you've got two really good quarterbacks here with different skill sets, A.B., but one of these guys is going to probably end up playing more. We'll see who it is probably after the non-conference part of the season. Well, you have to let it play itself out. And Harbaugh had said sometimes that happens in the first seven or eight practices. Sometimes it goes into the non-conference. And this is one to me. This is, first of all, like I've been hesitant to draw a line in the sand all offseason because there is no bad option here. Because in one corner, you have a guy who, like you said before, Cade McNamara led you to a Big Ten title. People can look at box scores all they want. Go watch the games. Watch the games. And when they needed a big play, a big throw, he would usually hit on those. Now, there would be the the now and again, maybe he'd hit drill an offensive lineman in the back of the head or have a, a pass tipped at the line of scrimmage. But go watch the games. I mean, he was – I do think he played better than a lot of the stat lines indicated. But, again, if J.J. McCarthy – and this is the if, this is the caveat here – if J.J. McCarthy is, one, as good as we think he can be, and two, if he's there right now, like we know what the potential is. If he's there, then, yeah, the, the best guy is going to win the job. I don't think it's a hot, like it's not a hot take to say you can build on what you did last year with either guy. With Kate, it would be a Mac, uh, a, a, a addition onto the foundation that was set last year. Whereas if it winds up being J.J., then your offense can have a little bit of a different look. You have a threat of a running quarterback. You can put guys like uh, Donovan Edwards and, and Blake Corum on the field at the same time, and all of a sudden, it's a chess match. So, again, if J.J. McCarthy is what people purport him to be or what he can be, then he will win the job. And if Cade McNamara is better in camp, he'll win the job. And if he's better in the non-conference, he'll keep the job. I don't think it's that complicated, honestly. So, I, there's always the people that say there are politics being played. It, to me, the politics of it all would be, you know, the conspiracy brain would be if there was some kind of poli- uh, political thing going on, they'd be giving the five-star guy, you know, every advantage to win the job. And it's not that. If J.J. McCarthy wins this job, he's going to have to, I mean, if not be close, just straight up take it from Kate McNamara. And that's where I see it right now. Jim Harbaugh wants to win games, Clay. This just in, right? So if he plays Cade McNamara, he believes he gives him the best chance to win games. Right. And that's what it's going to be about. There's pluses for each guy. And that's why they're both likely going to play and play a lot, especially earlier in the season, as, as you mentioned, Chris. I, I agree with that, that this thing's going to go into the year. He said typically you see that separation eight, nine days into training camp. But when you don't, then you're going to extend this thing. And as we've talked about a million times all offseason, that schedule, that schedule, you know, sets up really nicely for them to be able to keep that thing going. Um, how about this though? When you know you see all the people online saying, "Well, if they're even," um, and I think somebody at some point will will take that step and and be the number one guy at least for the time being. But let's say they're even, you know, on game week, and you got to name somebody on Monday, or maybe you don't. But theoretically, uh, then people are saying, "Oh, well, it's got to be JJ McCarthy because if they're even." then it's his potential. But you can counter that with saying, well, if they're even, why not go with the guy that has the most experience in games? Because this is just practice at this point. What do you guys say to that? It's a good problem to have is what I say. Yeah. And one thing you don't want to see is it become a Brady Henson type thing where, okay, you're 
you, you need time, guys, to, to get a couple series in to get hot, right? And that's the thing that, that I think a lot of people don't realize about the Brady Henson thing. There were maybe Brady had a bad quarter. I go back to Syracuse in 1998, I think it was, when Drew Henson started the second half. Might have been 1999 on the road actually, and it's like okay, uh, Tom Brady had a bad quarter. Or he had a bad quarter at Michigan State. Then he comes in in the fourth quarter and he heats up and he almost leads a comeback, you know. But I don't see Jim Harbaugh doing that just because he knows the quarterback position and he knows how it works with quarterbacks and that you need some time there, fellas, to to get into a rhythm or maybe to, to break something down and, and, and what's going on in defense. So um, that's what I don't want to see. You know, I could see a situation where, okay, um, McCarthy comes in and, and he is playing so well that you stay with him because he's got the hot hand, especially if McNamara is struggling early or something like that. But uh, to me, I, I really firmly believe we're going to see one of these guys emerge uh, over the other one, and the other guy will still have a role. That's the way I see it right now. And in this day and age, and I've said this on so many radio shows right now, you need two quarterbacks, fellas. Uh, if somebody were to go down, look at what happened, for example, Dylan McCaffrey a few years ago. Uh, look at what happened has happened to most quarterbacks at Michigan over the last 10 years. Guys get hurt. You need another guy to go in there. So these guys need to stay sharp no matter who wins the job, and they're going to need both of these guys at some point during the year, especially if they want to compete for a championship is the way I see it. Yeah, it's an obvious strength of the roster. I mean, I know the old adage is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. But that's not how it is in college football. I mean, injuries happen all the time. Um, you know, there are different things you can use. I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, you had two quarterbacks last year, and you could deploy the other guy to give the defense a different look and, and give your offense, you know, a different wrinkle that it could throw at teams. So I've gone back and forth on if all things are equal. I think – before I was kind of more in the camp of if it's equal, you just go with the the guy that got you there. But to me, if it's truly equal, which means that JJ McCarthy is consistently leading scoring drives, he's not taking sacks, he's not turning over the football. If it is equal, I I really would lean towards the guy that can do some different things there. And you know, let's let's call a spade a spade. I mean, if JJ McCarthy wins the starting quarterback job. What is the wrinkle that you get from Cade McNamara coming into the game? He's just going to keep running the offense. He'll make the throws that are asked of him. So it's a slippery slope, too, because if at some point this year, whether it's the opener, whether it's halfway through the season, whether it's late in the season, once you go to J.J. McCarthy as your guy, I don't think that's one of those you can't put toothpaste back in the tube type of situations, in my opinion. So, again, it's all things being equal – I think if all things are equal, that means that J.J. McCarthy is playing pretty darn well in camp and has made up a lot of ground from the spring because he didn't throw it all. So I would kind of lean that way uh, because when you look at what this team – and all, it also does depend on what this team wants to do offensively. We know that the quarterback is going to have to shoulder a little more of the load uh, because of the talent you have with the pass catchers. I don't think – they're going to want to run the football, but I don't think they'll be as much of a smash mouth team as they were last year. Right. It's going to be that way by default because you don't have a son Haskins. But again, if, if I have that chess piece and he's ready to go and he can be a, and this probably isn't an apt comparison, but you know, the Michigan models itself in a lot of ways after the Baltimore Ravens, if you think that JJ McCarthy can come in and be your Lamar Jackson, then if all things are equal, 
you got to roll the dice and, and take the shot on it. In my and let me run this by you guys. And, and Clay, I want your opinion too. Is is that uh, okay? You don't have a Hassan Haskins on short yardage when it's third and two. And how many times did he break tackles and get first downs when maybe he shouldn't have? And if you don't have that big back, and they keep saying, is it going to be Quell Mullings? Is it going to be Ellis Orgy? We've heard could be an option. The freshman quarterback, maybe you know, hopefully not in Wildcat guys, so that they're telegraphing things. But uh, if if you have that read option option on third down that's something that you might need and that's where i can see jim harbaugh saying okay we need one more threat out there if we don't have this big back you know what maybe we need a little bit more of the element of surprise or or another option to have there to pick up a third down and two or a third down and three and then maybe jj mccarthy is that guy so uh, i think that's where he has an advantage and i think that's why eventually mccarthy could win this job uh it, which is funny you know i say that i i say it wouldn't surprise me at all and then, of course, people on message boards or on their blogs say Ballas says that J.J.'s going to win a job. No, I don't. I'm saying it's a possibility and it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the, the one problem I have in all of this, Clay, and you can come back to that too, is that it's people just not giving McNamara his due for what he accomplished last year and saying they want him in spite of him, which is one of the dumbest takes I have ever seen on any message board ever. So, But I can see J.J. McCarthy come through uh, possibly uh, and be the starter because of that option, because they need his, uh, his feet. 100%. Cade McNamara deserves a ton of credit. And the kid's also, what, 22 years old? He's getting better himself. There are tons of guys in the NFL 10 years older that got better from last season to this year. And we'll see that, obviously. Uh, so he's going to improve. He talked about the ways in which he proved when he was speaking at Big Ten Media Days. But you're right. I think with the lack of the short yardage guy, two things about that is, one, I could see them going to a Kalel Mullings, and I think he can play that role at times. But I also see it where, hey – if they don't pick up that first down, there's going to be a lot of complaining and I think valid, you know, reasons for, well, why'd you take two of your best players off the field and Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum? And I know you can run packages to have multiple guys out there, but that's going to be a concern too, where you don't, to pick up one yard doesn't mean you have to do it right up the middle. Uh, JJ McCarthy could be a factor there too, with some of that read option stuff. So you're right on that. It's a point that I think needs to be considered for sure. And that's why I think, again, both of these guys are going to play quite a bit. Um, Anything else on the quarterbacks before uh, we talk about wide receivers really quick because Jim Harbaugh had a uh, comment that popped there, and then I want to talk about the defense for sure. But anything else on the QBs? No, let's talk about those receivers. Really quick, I will just say, you know what the best part about it is? You have options galore, and you have three weeks to figure it out, and they're talented as hell. So whatever will happen, knowing that it is competitive and not competitive, uh, combative, competitive, the best option will emerge in due time, as and it did last year. And let's be honest, Davey, really six weeks, right? If you consider yeah. the schedule, so which is great. Because you can almost getting, argue seven. Maryland yeah. has a bunch of traffic cones on defense too, so <laughs> it's true. All right. Uh, and part of that is that you have such, you know, so much talent around those quarterbacks, and it kind of reminds me. So the highest expectations going into this year for Michigan since 2019 when I think in hindsight it's I laugh thinking back at how much we thought that wide receiving core was going to be or at least I did you know so good and and it was on paper um you had Donovan Peoples-Jones Tariq Black you know okay he's healthy now uh you had Nico Collins who I thought you know maybe should have got the ball more you also had Ronnie Bell who led that team in receiving which is just hilarious to think back at um but now in hindsight Again, laughing at that, but also thinking ahead to this this fall and what they have at wide receiver this year and coupled with what they have at both tight end and running back. 
it is exciting. Ronnie Bell's back healthy. Uh, Cornelius Johnson led the team in receiving last year. You saw Roman Wilson come down with some huge catches, three touchdowns for him. Andrew Anthony, I think, has a chance to to be a star here for the next few years. Uh, excited to see how he's going to do. But this is the best wide receiver group Jim Harbaugh thinks he uh, – he said he has, it has a chance to be the best he's had here. Uh, Chris, a couple questions. One, just talk about those guys. And two, uh, best since when uh, for you? I know he was talking about his tenure, but – uh, you know, I guess, where do you see that stacking up with some of the other great ones? It has the license and the ability to be the best since 2006 or so. You know, when they had Dresden, Avant, Braylon Edwards, you know, I don't know if they have anybody of the Braylon Edwards caliber, you know what, but they have enough of those guys where, you know what, you've got basically like lines in hockey. You can take three out and put three in, and you're not going to get a whole, whole lot of drop-off. And, and another one of the dumber arguments that I hear is that Ronnie Bell – uh, is this possession guy that, you know what, this is a guy that, that yeah, he can get that, uh, you know, the catch the five-yard pass and, and his average may, might not be huge or whatever, but this is a guy who started showing last year, albeit against Western Michigan, that he's a legit deep threat. We've seen him make the one-handed catches. We've seen him make the big catches. He's only gotten better and better. Remember, this kid was a basketball player first who happened to play football, and now he's a football player. He's going to be playing in the NFL, fellas. Uh, for anybody who believes he's not, you're stupid because this guy can flat out play and there's a reason that even the video guys when when he first got there and i kept asking all these guys in the in, not the video guys but some of the guys were at practice and they, i'd say hey you know what about donovan people's jones and Tariq black i want to hear but he goes you know who i like best is ronnie bell because he gets open he's consistent and they look for him because he's always in the right spot doing the right thing uh, i love that kid i really think you know he epitomizes what this team is and what jim harbaugh wants his team to be as a captain and a leader and uh, you know what? I think having him back, what an embarrassment of riches. So, you know what? I always forget about Cornelius Johnson, the guy that led the, the team in receiving last year, um, because, you know what? He's not flashy. It's not always sexy with him, but he's made some huge plays. Remember Wisconsin a few years back and then Ohio State last year. So uh, they've got all kinds of guys out there that, uh, and Eric All, look at tight end, Luke Schoonmacher. So uh, Donovan Edwards, to me, is, is one of these guys that, is going to catch, you know, 30, 30 balls out of the backfield or maybe even line them up in the slot. So that's why, uh, from what we're hearing, you know, they're going to look to explore passing a little bit more this year because, A, you don't have Hassan Haskins, and, B, you've got so many weapons in that you got to use them flat out. So uh, love this crew. I think it is the best since, since that 2005-6-7 group, and I think that they're going to they're gonna do some big things this year. I would echo all of that. I mean, I, I can't think of one. I mean, they've had guys that were talented. I mean, the, those. there's no reason that the 2018-2019 room couldn't have been that good. But for reasons unbeknownst to us, and actually known by some of us, it didn't yeah. pan out that way. The, the thing I think this group has the most going for them, uh, just aside from the depth and, and the amount of guys you have, I mean, you know, Let's let's call a spade a spade. I think I've said that a few times today. Oh well, but uh, it's not it's not Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Garrett Wilson. But it's five or six really quality guys, and I think that the thing that is working most in their favor is for the first time in four or five years, they have a dedicated position coach. Uh, Ron Bellamy is a guy who's played the position. He is, uh, you know, Josh Gaddis was kind of splitting time there. Uh, I don't know. I don't think those guys were really getting the, the skill development and, and training that they probably should have gotten the last couple of years. But, you know, they have a guy who uh, Ronnie Bell is basically a coach on the field. You almost have like two coaches that are there 
overseeing this room of deep, really talented guys. And, you know, I'm not even ruling out we've, – we've talked about Darius Clemens. I mean, guys like Amorian Walker and, and uh, Tyler Morris, those are guys that – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get a look at some point this year, especially in these non-conference games. So, yeah, it is, it is super deep. It is super talented. It almost – you know, everything kind of intertwines when we talk about the quarterbacks, the offense – there's very little excuse for whoever's back there at quarterback not to succeed passing the ball because you can go, I mean, at worst, three or four deep at wide receiver. Uh, you do have two really good tight ends. You have two backs that are capable of catching the football. I think you have a back that's probably going to be one of the best pass-catching backs in college football. So, yeah, this this group is is – I hesitate to say loaded. It looks really good on paper. Loaded, yeah. we'll see what the production looks like, but – it's all to me from a skill position standpoint. This is as stacked as at every position as they've been under Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and I love that you brought up Bellamy and, and Clay. I can't tell you how how highly I think of him, and you beat me to it because when I got done talking, I was like, "Hey, that's a point that I didn't make." Figures that AB would follow up on that because that is absolutely astute. Ron Bellamy, Clay, you've talked to him a few times. This guy is a future star in the profession, and he's going to get there, and he's going to hold these guys to a really high standard. I love Ron Bellamy. As you said, I mean, he is, he, he's the man. I mean, last year you saw what he did with the safeties. I thought he helped a lot. Him and Clink had a great rapport. You see what he does on the recruiting trail. And then just the way even Cornelius Johnson talked in the spring about how, you know, it, it does feel good to have somebody with their two, you know, with their set of eyes on those guys at all times. And again, I mean, it's not Josh Gaddis's fault that he had to split time there. Uh, you're seeing Sharon Moore having to do that this year. You're seeing Matt Weiss have to do it as well with the quarterbacks and that's just the nature of the beast there now i think it helps a little bit that you have two guys doing it um you know so they they can stick with their position groups a little bit more but it's a great point um so th this wide receiver group yeah i don't think there's a braylon edwards he was the guy i was thinking of too obviously where he's just going to lift that group up and there were guys like breston of course um but hey there's there's top to bottom there's so much talent in that room, and we'll see who emerges. Uh, I'll the say most. this: Darius Clemens could be a Braylon Edwards type. Yeah. From what we've heard, this kid is a freak. This, you know, Amorian Walker and, uh, and and Morris too, who, who we talked about. These guys, you know, when when Jim Harbaugh calls them a freak show, you know, and we've heard these guys on the basketball court are just killing people too. You know, and, and it's reminiscent of the the days when Trip Wellborn and Beta Murray and those guys back in the late '80s, before your time, fellas, used to dominate. You can tell. Just what kind of athletes they had out there on the on the floor. Um, these guys, uh, these, this is going to be at one heck of a group. And it, the the good news is, is that it's going to be loaded for years to come. So we can talk right now about the, the struggles on the recruiting trail. Thought it was interesting, by the way, Clay, when he said we'll find out about NIL, what a big deal it is on signing day. We can come back to that in a minute. Yeah. But in the short run here, in the next two, three, four years, this room really is, in my opinion, Anthony loaded, and I think it will play out that way. I'm not going to put the Braylon Edwards tag or you know comparison on Andrew right. Anthony either but right. I think he has a chance to be a total game breaker I don't know that he'll get to that total all-american level but in terms of potential to me um from what I've seen early I, I like it a lot especially with that yeah. speed and, and the ability to go up and get the ball um let, let's move over to the defense because uh man uh you just feel better and better about this group. And part of me is a little hesitant because a lot of it is talk. But yeah. then when you see Mozzie Smith look like an absolute house at Big Ten Media Days and you see that he's the number one freak in college football and that Michigan has four of those guys, two of them significant contributors with uh, DJ Turner at corner as well. Um, 
we can get to that freak list. But in terms of the defense, the no-star defense that Jim Harbaugh keeps talking about, it's not just that there's no, you know, Aiden Hutchinson over there. It's a mentality from these guys. When you hear Mike Morris talk about how Mozzie Smith is constantly saying that this is going to be a cohesive unit. They want 11 guys running to the football, four guys rushing the passer up front, not two. Uh, and those were his exact words. And it's not a it's not shade at the two guys, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo from last season. But it's a it's a recognition that they're going to need everybody this year. And it's a rising tide lifts all boats. I think this this defense has a lot of talent that just hasn't proved it yet. Uh, and they can this season. Um, you hear Jesse Minter talking about how one of his pillars of his defense is obnoxious communication. Steve Klinkskill said it's very obnoxious. Luke Schoonmaker from the other side of the football said it's very obnoxious. They're screaming at each other, but he loves it because he knows that they're, they all know where they're going. And that's the number one thing Klink said. And then you can communicate it in that way. Um, there's some talent there and it seems like they're coming together and and the way Minter was, he wouldn't talk about some tweaks and yeah. some different creative things he's going to do, but uh, he said that he has them in the arsenal, and I thought that was exciting. A few things, and I wrote about this in the three-two-one column, and then Anthony actually wrote a column about it too. There are stars on this defense; they just haven't emerged and they haven't had a chance. Junior Colson is going to be an All-American here, in my opinion. Mossy Smith looks like an SEC defensive tackle now, and that's something that Michigan hasn't had in a long, long time, fellas. Chris Jenkins, Clay, and I saw him at the Ford Museum eating a protein bar. Said he was up to two eighty-eight. Now he's about two ninety. Uh, these guys are hungry too. These guys have. Some of these guys like Jenkins are ready to emerge, and they've been there for a long time. Taylor Upshaw now is going to have an opportunity, and we've heard good things about him and his progress. So it's going to be, and I keep saying this, guys, for the old-timers, and this is well before you were born, but 1985, when they had a bunch of guys who knew how to play together, and it was so, they were undersized up front at times, but they had playmakers that, when they played together, they built the wall. Everybody was where they were supposed to be. And guys like Rod Moore fit that bill perfectly. Uh, when we were listening to Steve Klingscale talking about him today and how smart he is, and he said, that's what you need. And he said, we're going to do different things with our defensive ends. We'll drop them into coverage sometimes. We saw it last year, how, how successful it was when Mike McDonald did it against Ohio State. You know what? Not a one-trick pony. And uh, and there was no question that they were confused at times. Still threw for 400 yards, but you know they had to. there were some tough plays that they had to make to get there. So... I love this defense. I think the linebackers have a great opportunity to, to be better. Uh, I think there's more athleticism there. Mike Barrett looks like a house. I think Kyle Green, Junior Colson's going to be a star. I think DJ Turner is going to be a star. And Clink Scale said again today that he's off to a great start in camp at cornerback. So uh, this is going to be a really, really good defense. And by the end of the year, you're going to see a lot of guys on the All Big Ten team. So when Jim Harbaugh says, AB, that, yeah, we can be better, I have a sneaking suspicion we can be better, I believe him. Yeah, it's funny. One of my favorite things about the offseason, it always makes me chuckle. And they'll be like, oh, this guy is in the best shape of his life. He put on 30 pounds the last couple of months. Like, I wish we could all be right. afforded such uh, an opportunity. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I seem to remember talking about Mozzie Smith. I think it was his freshman year at Michigan where they were so thin at defensive tackle. And, like, him and Chris Hinton were hardly ready to play yet. But they were so thin up there that you had – a 240-pound Ben Mason that was playing on the goal line at defensive tackle. That's not going to be a problem anymore. I mean, Mozzie is huge. Uh, Kenneth Grant, who we continue to hear good things about, is huge. Um, I think – and Mozzie talked about this at Media Days, and I don't know if we ever hit on it. They talked about the Georgia game and how that was sobering in that no matter how good a season you have, when you get to that type of football in that time of year – there's always someone else who's bigger, stronger, and faster than you. 
And it might not completely take shape this season because, I mean, we assume Mozzie will um, probably show out and, and go to the NFL. Uh, he's a senior anyways. But when you get to guys, you see guys like Kenneth Moore and Julius Welshoff and Mason Graham and all these guys are, you know, they're huge and they look ready to go right out of the box. I mean, forget uh, forget player development and all that. I mean, those guys look the part just out of the box and will hold up. I know – Welshoff, the reason I brought him up is I was I was interested uh, when they the rosters came out as I'm still getting caught up from being off last week. He's he's like the closest guy body type wise, and he's back on the edge to like what Aiden Hutchinson was. So again, I mean we we've talked about the defensive line, we've talked about the edge guys. It's similar to wide receiver. We're like, yeah, they don't have a go to guy. They don't have a Braylon Edwards. They don't have a Aiden Hutchinson there. But there's enough guys there with each of those position groups to someone's just gonna emerge because I trust Michigan's evaluations. I trust their player development, especially when it comes to the edge position. I mean, I'm actually kind of baffled at some of the questions about the pass rush. Like it's gonna be there. So, and it's cool to hear that they'll, you know, there's those wrinkles that Minter's got in his back pocket. I think, you know, they'll keep it close to the vest, but I don't think you have to look too hard into it. When you look at the personnel, they're probably going to send more guys from the back two levels of the defense. They're going to be a little more versatile in their looks up front. Uh, it's just nice to know like it, that they are going to attempt to zig when the other team zags instead of, you know, what the previous uh, administration would do and just leave guys out there on an island. And if you couldn't run it, well, I guess you're screwed. Well, actually, Clink today referred to that system as a, quote, great, great system. So um, there you go. But he also said that now they're uh, they're putting guys in some better positions. Um, and you mentioned a guy, Kenneth Moore, uh, obviously a mistake. But could you imagine that type of freak? Derek Moore, Kenneth Grant mix. Uh, oh, <laughs> I ran wow. into Kenneth Grant walking in today. I was like, what? Who, you know, who is it? It's not Mozzie because, you know, you can tell who Mozzie is. It's like. All right, what senior is this? And no, it's it's freshman Kenneth. Oh, it can't be Kenneth Grant, but it is uh, at what three hundred and forty six pounds or, or three fifty something. Um, absolutely absurd. So, and Braden McGregor is a guy I wanted to mention because he consistently is getting mentioned now in that top group, a uh, top four, like in the two deep with what Jesse Minter was talking about today. Um, up there with Mike Morris, Taylor Upshaw. Um, you know, he Braden McGregor was right there, and Jalen Harrell. I thought that was interesting. Mike Morris is going to move around the defensive line as well. That opens up a spot on the edge when he goes inside. And I think all those guys will play and potentially contribute. So he's emerging. I, you know, We've been waiting for it with Braden McGregor, and we'll see how it pans out in the season. But uh, it's encouraging stuff from him. Um, let's move to NIL and Jawan Howard with uh, the quote. I was a little bit surprised, I guess, not being there and being over on the football side of things. Then you get that that quote. I was like, wow, okay. Like, you know, not knowing the scene, I was a little surprised at what um, that quote was. But saying as Michigan, as an athletic department, we need to be better. Uh, he talked about how they don't have a collective. You know, we hear a lot about recently the Champion Circle Collective, which came together in June. They're doing great things, and I like their vision on the football side of things. But they don't have – they haven't expanded to other sports yet, and the basketball team doesn't have a collective. So – uh, very, very interesting. And when we talk about these teams, we talk about football, basketball, culture is so important and everybody rowing in the same direction. But right now it feels like there's a disconnect and that's concerning. We're going to do this real quick because my wings are up here. It's fine. So I know we've been going for 31 minutes, fellas, but uh, it didn't surprise me. And we wrote an inside the fort 
that several weeks ago, probably a couple months ago now, maybe three months ago, a lot of coaches had met with the AD and said, this is not good enough. And you're leaving us hanging out to dry here. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. We're neither confirming nor denying that Jawan Howard was one of them, but AD was there. And when he was asked specifically if he expressed his concerns, he was nodding like crazy. And he said, absolutely, I have. And so you can tell. And what I loved about it was he said, this is going to be a storyline, but that's probably, that's okay. It's probably a good thing. In other words, people need to know, man, we're behind a little bit and we need to get caught up. And, uh, and I think with the new president, it's funny. People are saying, oh, this guy's not going to be a game changer. I disagree completely. This is a guy who did unbelievable things at Cincinnati. And when I heard his name initially as being the guy and, and saw what he had done and the, his commitment to athletics at Cincinnati, I said this is going to be a potential game changer. So he's going to hold people accountable. He wants to know already from what we've heard what's Michigan doing on the NIL side of things to be competitive. And he wants to, I wouldn't call it pushing the envelope because in this day and age, guys, let's be honest, it's passing envelopes. But I think that he wants to make sure that Michigan's doing everything in its power to be competitive and to have that competitive advantage that comes with being a huge brand like Michigan, number one. But number two, there's absolutely no reason that you should be being out-recruited by really anybody in the Big Ten except for Ohio State, you know, which does things a little bit differently. So I was thrilled that he said it. Uh, he doesn't make any excuses. And that's what I love about Juwan Howard. And uh, he went out to, to France and got Yusef Kayat. And you know what? He says, let's go. Let's roll. So, uh, But you're going to see this thing get better. I don't think there's any question. And I think in large part because of the president, in large part because guys like Juwan Howard care too much to see it go by the wayside. Yeah, what I thought was interesting about it, too, is I could be wrong on this. And, and I could misremember something that maybe Jim Harbaugh said. But to me, it was probably the strongest coaching voice at Michigan that's kind of come out so far. But, hey, you know what? we are behind and we need to get our crap together here. Um, again, I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly what he said, but yeah. I mean, if you're going to lead a program like that and, and Michigan basketball, I think it, it's stunning to me. There hasn't been more action in terms of a collective for there, because that's one of the heartbeats of the athletic department right now uh, on both the men and women's side. So yeah, they, they need to, that, I really, I thought that was interesting. Uh, SID was sweating that one out a little bit, was ready to maybe cut a short, but uh, Juwan knows what he can and can't say. This is his fourth season on the job now. Uh, I thought it was a pretty strongly, uh, it was a strong uh, message that things need to change around there. And and I agree with him. Yeah. And Juwan Howard doesn't say, say things without thinking about it. He doesn't say a lot in these press conferences. And when he does, uh, you know, he, he means what he says. Um, and there are probably a lot of things he doesn't say that he would mean too if he said it, but uh, he holds that back and he said this. So I think that was an important thing. Uh, as well. Um, so there you have it. There's our show. We went a little bit long. Uh, shout out to Mr. Spots for hosting uh, one of our hosts here. So uh, his wings are up. So we got to go. Everyone go check out Mr. Spots, of course. Also check out the Wolverine.com. We got our $1 deal. Drop a like uh, on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, let's get to 500 likes. Our boy Hutch, who's producing, doing a great job, wants us to get there. So help him out. He's got a great name too. Uh, of course, with Aiden Hutchinson uh, last season. Uh, but that $1 deal at the Wolverine.com, uh, that gets you an entire year of premium access. Uh, and that deal is going to end soon. So make sure to take advantage while you can. And uh, we'll see everyone next time.